0: Last week you heard the riveting account, the true story of a young girl's fight to overcome her fears and finally forgive. After her mother and father, both pastors of a small church in Sellers Town, North Carolina, were relentlessly harassed, bombed, shot out, and finally killed in their home, right in front of her, by a deranged sociopath they called the devil in pew number seven, or at least... The mastermind behind the events. A man so jealous and fearful of losing control of his perceived town and church that he would stop at nothing in removing the popular young pastor and his wife from serving and living there. He wanted them out and would stop at nothing until his words, they left, quote, walking, crawling, dead or alive. Would you welcome back to Testimony author of The Devil in Pew Number 7 and my honored friend and guest, Rebecca Nichols Alonzo. Becky, welcome back to Testimony.
1: Thank you, Vincent. It's an honor to be here.
0: Well, it's an honor to have you. You have witnessed things no child should ever have to witness. And in part one last week, you shared about the events of that day, the day you witnessed the shooting and death of your mother and eventual death of your father, who from guilt and years of chronic stress you recount in your book, was reduced to the shell of a man you once knew and loved. You were orphaned at age 14, but the message was still clear. You had to forgive, something your mother and both parents instilled in you as a child. I'd like for you to finish the story when the man who actually killed your parents, Mr. Harris, walks into the home. Your thoughts during that time.
1: Well, that weekend, Easter weekend, 1978, when, when Harris Williams walked into our home with three guns and shot both of my our parents. Um, I was seven, about to turn eight. My brother had just turned three. Um, and this was a friend of the family that came into our home. He, he was an alcoholic. He was on medication. Um, and Mr. Watts had found out that his that Harris's wife was staying with us, so it was the golden opportunity for him to finally get a human weapon inside of our home. So Harris comes into our home with three guns, shoots both of my parents, my dad was shot in the right shoulder and left hip, and when the bullet hit his left hip, it knocked him to the ground. Because of all the things that we had been through with Mr. Watts, the drive-by shootings and dynamite explosions, I had been trained as a child to get down. When you hear gunfire, you get down. So I ran under the kitchen table. My mother was shot and the bullet clipped her heart. It hit her in the chest. She was able to make it down the hallway into her bedroom and grab the phone to call for help. Harris then took his wife and their two-year-old child into my bedroom and held them hostage for three hours before the police could talk him down and get him out of there. And by that time, um, I had been sent to To get help. That's how the book begins. The Devil in Pew Number Seven, Chapter One, and so we found out later that because my mother's heart was clipped by that bullet, she only lived three minutes. She 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 died three minutes after she had been shot, and I did not know that. I was still hoping and waiting at that neighbor's house to hear that they somehow saved my mom. Wow. they, They were not able to that day. She she went to heaven. You know, she went home to be with the Lord, and my dad survived the shooting. Physically, but emotionally um, he, he was never able to fully recover he lost the love of his life, his wife, the mother of his children his partner in ministry his best friend and so he could not take care of my brother and I he was on crutches from being shot in the hip and so we had to move to Mobile, Alabama and then a few months later my dad and I flew back to North Carolina for the murder trial and I testified as an 8 year old little girl against Harris Williams for the shooting. I had to help take care of my dad who was having nervous breakdowns because he had post-traumatic stress syndrome. He kept reliving the shootings and the explosions over and over and over in his mind. They they would give him tranquilizers, the doctors would and he would still wake up having flashbacks. We would sit down to eat dinner and he would stand up and start yelling and just, I, I think that the guilt that he carried from not being able to save my mom was the open door into his wounded soul.
0: Did you ever wonder why your dad and mom didn't just leave the town?
1: Well, my mother said that Price gave his life for her, that she was willing to do the same. And after years of this, she said, you know, even if we leave, he will find us. He will hunt us down and kill us. So she believed at that point, we're not leaving our spiritual family. If we do, it's going to go right back to his rule and reign, like the godfather of that, of that town. And so my dad said, you know, when God gets ready for me to leave, he'll tell me when to leave. But they really felt like that God had called them there. And as a Navy vet, he said, a soldier doesn't leave his post when things get hard and there's bullets flying. A soldier stays at his post until he is told to go to another post. And he said, the shepherd doesn't leave his sheep. I mean, he would, they were both in love with God, in love with his people, and willing to sacrifice their lives if it came down to it. And that's exactly what happened with her mom.
0: And Becky, all during this time in your book, your mother is praying for Mr. Watts, and she is instilling that in you, that you must pray for your enemies. You must bless and curse not. You must forgive, even if they don't ask for forgiveness. So from her heart, both you and your father were living, breathing, walking examples of forgiveness and action when it's not even asked for. And that seems to be the message in your book. How much of a process was it for you personally to forgive The man who shot your parents went on trial, was eventually convicted. Uh, Mr. Watts later uh, was convicted uh, for the bombings. Tell us about the process of forgiveness for you and your brother, how your life changed forever because of it, what you're doing now. Please continue your story.
1: Well, after our mother was shot and killed, and we moved to Mobile, Alabama so that my dad's family could care for all of us, We moved in with my dad's parents and his sister Dorothy, who out of the seven seven siblings was not married. That was one of his sisters. And so our Aunt Dot took us in and she continued the teaching on forgiveness that our parents have been teaching us. You know, the Bible says to forgive. If you want forgiveness for your sins, then you forgive others of their sins. And there's no wiggle room in there. It doesn't say if you feel like it, if it's something little It said, if you want forgiveness of your sins, then you forgive others of theirs. So she continued that teaching and, you know, just took us under her wing and and prayed for us and counseled us. And, you know, during those years, my dad would get better, and he would go out and preach and pray for people, and then he would, that date would come around in March, around Easter, and everything would flood back in, and, and then he would struggle with his nerves and have to be hospitalized again. so even though my dad was still alive, for seven years after my mother was killed he was in and out of the hospital so we really didn't have a parent to to help us through all that except for aunt dot our aunt after mr watts was convicted and sent to prison my dad just felt like well at least justice was served a few years after that we come home from school one day, and our dad had been in the hospital, and we were waiting for him to come home as usual, and we were told that our 46-year-old dad had passed away that morning from a blood clot going to his heart. And so as a child, I had looked to my parents to learn how to forgive. But when my dad died, I said, Lord, a man took mother's life, but you took daddy away from me. So I got very angry at God. So it wasn't just about forgiving terrorist for shooting my parents or mr watts for terrorizing us for over five years now i'm mad at god because he allowed all these terrible things to happen and we were christians and we were good and we helped people and so i just couldn't wrap my mind around that at 14 years old so that went on for a couple of years and finally you know god stays with you through the pain he never leaves you he said i'll never leave you or forsake you He stayed with me through all the anger, and after a couple of years of that, I realized I need God more than I need to be mad at Him. I need His comfort. I need His peace. I need to know that there is a hope and a future for me. And so when I let that anger go towards God, that's when the healing poured in. And I learned as a teenager how to forgive, because I was old enough. Then I wasn't a little girl anymore. I was a teenager, and I was growing, and, and I looked at Jesus, what He did on the cross for us and that He forgave us even in our sins. The Bible says all had sinned and fallen short of God's standard. And so I learned that as a teenager, you know. And every birthday that came around, and Mother's Day and Father's Day, I had to keep reminding myself I made a choice to forgive. Forgiveness is not based on a feeling, it's based on a choice.
0: Amen. Rebecca, what would you say to someone out there who finds it impossible to forgive? Perhaps their circumstances are even more horrific than yours, if that can be imagined. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Rebecca Nichols Alonzo, author of the true story, The Devil in Pew Seven. What do you say to that person, Becky?
1: Well, I can tell them what I've learned, and I just learned this in the last five to six years. You know, we sing about amazing grace, and you read about grace in the Bible, but I found out that grace is more than just undeserved favor. Grace is the ability to do something you can't do in your own strength. So when someone tells me, you don't know what I've been through. I've been abused. I've been abandoned. I've been neglected. And and my heart breaks for them because I know what pain feels like. Maybe not their pain, but I know what pain feels like. And I tell them, if you can release it to God, and let that healing come in you'll get the grace that you need from the Lord to be able to do something you can't do in your own strength which is forgive you're not saying when you forgive someone that what they did was okay what you're doing is you're saying Lord I release it to you I'm not the judge you are and Lord have mercy on me because I need forgiveness too And one thing our Aunt Dot taught us growing up, like you said, other people have been through things worse than I have. She said, don't ever feel sorry for yourself, because there are people out there that have gone through worse than you have without God. And I thought, I can't imagine that, because it's hard with Him. (laughs) It's hard to go through these things with the Lord. I can't imagine going through something worse without Him.
0: Well, Becky, if someone wants to get a hold of you and get a hold of your book to have you come and speak or read your book, The Devil and Pew 7, how do they do that?
1: They can go to my website, com, 7com or they can uh, email me at gmail.com. And the book is available everywhere books are sold. If it's not in the store, they can order it for you. It's on Amazon.com. It's available on Kindle, Audio. Um, pretty much every resource out there is, is available um, for people to get. So it's, it's been an amazing journey. And to hear back the response from people who have said, if you can forgive the men who did this to your family, then I can forgive the people who've hurt me.
0: Rebecca, that is beautiful, and we have to end it there, unfortunately, but uh, I just want to thank you for your witness of Jesus Christ, and may God just continue to bless and anoint every step you take. You're married now. You have a wonderful husband with two children. God bless you, Rebecca. Thank you for coming on Testimony, and we pray that your testimony will reach the ears of those that need to hear it most. Ladies and gentlemen, Rebecca Nichols Alonzo. Thank you. I appreciate it. God bless you. If you would like more information, you can visit our website at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. Or write to us at Testimony, P.O. Box 1333, Palm Desert, California, 92261, That's P.O. Box 1333, Palm Desert, California, 92261. I'm Jensine Bard. Please join us again for testimony.